Gracious God, we thank you for this morning. Thank you that you have drawn us to this place, a place where you are present with us. So, Lord, I pray as we open up your word, you open up our hearts and our minds, that we hear your voice above all of the voices. And in your presence, God, we pray that you awaken our hearts to what you have for us this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together are glorifying unto you, O Lord, our rock and our salvation. On all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, folks. Thank you, worship band. It's awesome. Chelsea is from northeast of the well. She led us with the uh, keyboard and her voice. Thank you, Chelsea. And you'll be hearing from Chelsea a little bit more. Oh, wow. Wow, nice. Got a lot of wonderful things happening today. It's a great day to be here at Tribuco Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor John, and if you're joining us online, we're glad that you're here with us and glad that you're here present. We have an exciting opportunity to hear from our friends from Northeast of the Well, Mission Partners, and we've been part of their ministry for many years, and we're so glad you're here this morning. We're going to hear a little bit more from them in a minute, but I thought we could take a moment to talk about uh, God's Word together and Uh, as we have been going through uh, in our series of messages, uh, Simply Jesus, uh, the simple yet profound truth that Jesus is fully human and fully God. And we've been walking through the gospel according to Mark and seeing how this has taken place and seeing how the disciples have witnessed this profound yet simple truth. Emmanuel, God with us. When our kids were young, we had, uh, you know, toys, of course. We weren't, we were parents that, Gave our kids some toys to play with. And so uh, they, one of their favorites was these plastic cars or airplanes or trucks that you could change. They would twist around a little bit, and all of a sudden they'd turn into like a, a big uh, robot monster type thing. Do you know what they are? The tra- are they Transformer? Transformer. You still play with them, don't you? I know that, Yeah. <laughs> They're awesome. They transform right there before your eyes, and the kids are playing this big plane. It's fun. You know, in creation, there are a lot of things that transform before our very eyes, right? You know, from spring to fall, the trees go through their transformation. Surfers will talk about how the ocean transforms while they're out there surfing as the tide and the winds change. Transformation takes place. I don't think I've ever been able to behold the power of nature after I visited Yosemite Valley and walked in that valley and saw the towering stone and rock and the cascading waterfalls. Some of you have been there. It's amazing. And you're transformed. Your whole perspective on creation and the blessing of creation. You know, the Webb Telescope, some of you astronomers out there, the Webb Telescope has transformed astronomy. How far and deep we can see into the universe and the majesty and the profound mystery of it all. Likewise, there are moments in our lives that we are transformed. Could be from something traumatic or something wonderful. A tough season in our life we are transformed through. I remember driving one time in rain. I, years ago, and I was transformed in a minute in how I drive because I came so close to a horrific car accident, and I was saved from that. I was like, man, and you're just, uh, maybe I'm the only one who's gone through this, but you're just, you're shaken, and you're like, 
and it transforms how you drive for about, you know, a week. <laughs> Things that transform us. Or maybe we've had those epiphany moments and our hearts are awakened and our minds and we see the path clearly, a purpose, and we know where we're headed. Likewise, in our faith, our faith also goes through transformations. Transforms through God's activity in our lives. We look back on those moments where we see God's hand saving us, delivering us, being present with us in the midst of our sorrow, our hope, our dreams. And we look back on those moments. Those are moments where we're transformed. It could have happened when you made that decision to follow Jesus giving your life over and saying, you know, I want to follow Christ. I want the Lord to be the Lord of my life. Maybe it was your baptism. Maybe you were baptized as an infant, and yet when we do baptisms here, and I remind us to, to remember our own baptisms, those are for profound moments in our faith and transforming moments of the faith of a congregation and a family to saying, yes, Lord, we're baptized as child with hope and trust and faith. And we hear those faithful words, you are loved by God. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit and you belong to Jesus forever. Those are moments of transformation. Maybe it's through the middle of worship. There's always a moment in the service. And I've told our worship band and others this, that I, I am sitting right there and all of a sudden in this in the worship song, there's a song or a prayer or a, a word. or so, I feel like God's presence very powerfully in a transforming way. It, it happens every Sunday. Maybe you've been transformed through the working with others, serving with others, maybe on a mission trip or serving alongside the youth group or the family ministries. In our scripture uh, passage that I'm about to read, the disciples are transformed in a, in a powerful and profound way. And they see God's activity writ large in front of their eyes. And it comes out of the gospel according to Matthew, or Mark, excuse me. And if you want to follow along, it's uh, in your bulletin. I have it there. It's also going to be on the screen. Mark chapter 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up high, a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses who were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son. The beloved, listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, 
They saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. By the time Jesus invites his disciples to go on a hike, they have been following him for a number of years. They have seen the power of his profound stories and parables and how they transform people's lives. They have seen and witnessed healings where he's touched blind man, where man is able to see again. They have seen how a woman whose body was flowed with blood and then she reaches out and touches the hem of his garment and she's healed and how he stops everything and regards her and calls her daughter and restores her to full community. They have seen how Jesus is able to calm the storm out on the Sea of Galilee and also calm the storm in the hearts and the souls of people. How Jesus is able to heal. He is compassionate and yet he will stand his ground against the religious authorities who want to try to keep God in a box, a convenient box, beyond the reach of the everyday, ordinary people. Likewise, Jesus has foretold his death and resurrection to the disciples. And at one point, Peter comes alongside Jesus and says, Jesus, I want to talk to you. Come over here. And he takes him over to the side and says, listen, enough of this talk about you going to Jerusalem, being handed over to the authorities, being tortured, and then being uh, hung on a cross, and then uh, rise again. That's not how it's going to play. That's not what we're doing here. And Jesus, in a very kind and um, friendly way, says, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Jesus takes this inner circle up a mountain. And on the surface, it's kind of a bizarre story. It's in three of our four Gospels. And, and we wonder, well, you know, if this was skipped over, would, would we really miss much? So Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up, up a mountainside. And suddenly Jesus' clothes become dazzling white, brighter than anyone could ever bleach them. Jesus is transformed, transfigured before them. It's mysterious. We're not sure exactly what this is. Jesus' appearance goes from the ordinary to the divine. Frederick Buechner, he, calls it, he says it this way. He says, it was the holiness of the man shining through his humanness. This, again, that simple and profound truth. Jesus is fully human and fully divine. Here, transformed before the disciples for them to see God's activity right then, there in front of them. Then two others show up, don't they? Elijah and Moses, they're there. Towering prophets of the Old Testament. This is the dream team. Spiritual giants. You look at those two and it's God's redemptive history right there. God's work. They represent God's redemptive plan. Elijah and Moses were vital in preparing the way for Jesus, and as Jesus comes to finish the job. It's probably not a better confirmation for the disciples to see Jesus with Elijah and Moses, that this is the Messiah. This is the one that God has promised. God is delivering on his promises. And that's why we can't really blame Peter too much for his audacious plan, right? 
He blurts out, hey, let's build some dwellings. Let's build some tents so we can all just stay up here. Maybe he's kind of thinking, you know, we could have concessions over there, the, uh, you know, the nice big dwellings, and people could come see, and then maybe a hotel, and, and then he's kind of got this idea that this is where, out in the middle of wilderness, everybody will come to see and behold the power of God, and this is where it's happened, the end of story, no need to keep going, this is happening right now. And then, he feels what he was saying, he doesn't know what to say, he falls into fear. You know, Matthew's account, when they fall into this fear, Jesus reaches out and, and says, listen, don't, do not fear. Do not fear. Number one command of all scripture. I don't know why Mark left that out. Do not fear, Jesus says. Don't be afraid. And then Mark explains that a cloud overshadows them, and then they hear that voice. The same voice that we heard at baptism, this is my son, the beloved, listen to him. Pay attention to what he has to say. And everything's over in a flash. I was reflected on this story this week, and I spoke with several others of you in, our, in my life group. We were talking about this passage together. And one of the things that came up over and over again was that, yes, this is a transformation of Jesus. Jesus is is transformed before them, and they see God's activity and the promise made true. And yet, their lives are transformed as well. In the midst of this moment, their faith is transformed. They go through a transformation of faith, overwhelmed by God's glory. Suddenly, salvation in, through God has come through Jesus. Now they view Jesus with changed hearts changed hearts and minds and souls. Uh, lives are awakened. They have witnessed the activity of God in an extraordinary, powerful way. And for Peter and John, the transformation is going to lay the foundations for what they're going to need, for the challenges that they will face in the days to come. Because like all mountaintop experiences, dear friends, we will come down into the valley There'll be time to return to the everyday, the ordinary. And will require that long obedience in the same direction. That's why the voice says, listen to him. Listen to Jesus. I think that's a reminder to us. We need to pay attention to the words of God through Jesus, reading scripture and fellowshipping with one another and talking about scripture together, hearing God's voice clearly, listen to the words of Jesus. We need to be reminded of that all the time. You know, I've said this before, we, in our faith we have short-term memories in our faith. We forget. Listen to the words of Jesus, the voice of Jesus, the voice of God over the other voices that come headed our way. The gloom and the doom that there's no hope. World's filled with despair. Forget about it. Jesus leads them down the mountain, back into the nitty-gritty everyday life, the daily life of a disciple, follower of Jesus. There'll be the highs, the lows, the bumps, and the bruises, the joys, and the hopes. 
But the difference is that they are with Jesus. I like that part where it says, and the cloud overshadows them, and then they hear the voice, and then the cloud disappears, and then it says, and they were only with Jesus. Jesus doesn't disappear. He doesn't abandon them. He doesn't take off. He's with them. And he's going to go all the way to Jerusalem for them. He will carry the, bur- bitter, the burden to the bitter end for the ones he loves. And so from this passage, the church is called, as we have seen or witnessed the activity of God in our own lives, where God has showed up, where we are reminded to the trust in the promises of the future by living faithfully today. Trusting in the promises of the future where God says, I will deliver you. You're my child. I will not abandon you. You can trust in these things. Now live faithfully today. And I think that's the church's witness. That's our witness in our everyday, the trials that we face and the things that we go through. Being reminded of God's activity and how we have been transformed. An ongoing transformation through God's power, the power of his Holy Spirit. You know, when Peter says, let's make some dwellings, the word is, is tabernacle, reminding them of when God was faithful and with them through the wanderings of the wilderness. God tabernacled among them. And throughout the New Testament, we're reminded that the Holy Spirit takes up a dwelling within us. Christ dwells within us. God, Christ tabernacles within us. And we're not left alone. So as a reminder that we are transformed by the power of God's Spirit in our lives, we are then able to receive stories and how God has been active and living and transforming us and transforming people in our lives. And so I want to invite people that we love and care for because they're part of our mission uh, program and mission partners, the Northeast of the Well. And I'm going to invite Shanine and Laura forward, and we're going to take time to share with you about what God is up to in and through your ministry. Hi, Bree. You came early. Why don't you, how about this? You sit down there for just a second, and then we're going to call you up. Laura, Shanine, thank you for coming back and being with us. Yeah, we're grateful to be here. Thanks. Not everybody knows what Northeast of the Well is. Will you give us a little highlight of what's going on in your ministry? Yeah, good morning. My name's Laura Souk, and I'm the founder of Northeast of the Well, meaning that God just put it on my heart uh, several years ago to go to a county facility to, with girls that were being trafficked and were addicted and Um, couldn't get out of their own way. Um, They had not been transformed by the power of God. And fast forward, we're into our 14th year of ministry. This is Shanine. She's been with us for five years. She's going to share briefly in a moment of her testimony and what our ministry does. But real quickly, the ministry, can I look over here? 
to see. You that. can look over there. Okay. Uh, um, our ministry, um, the name Northeast comes out of the book of John, John 4, where a woman has an encounter with Christ. She doesn't have to go to him. He goes to her, and he meets her in her brokenness and her shame, and her. she has not been transformed. She's stuck in her own sin, whether it's, for some of us, it's addiction or it's pride or it's, 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 it's apathy, whatever. Jesus, we know that Jesus will go to us where we are. He'll meet us where we are. And so our ministry is based on that scripture where Jesus goes to people that can't get to him. Um, not necessarily in a place, but in a place in here. They can't, they can't find their way to him. And we go to 21 now programs a week. Um, many of the girls have been trafficked. They've come out of jail. Many of the men have been in, in prison. We go to programs where people a, a lot of times are in various stages of restoration and rehabilitation. So they have a, they're recognizing their brokenness. But the name reminds us, John 4, where that woman has that encounter with Christ. Some of you may know the scripture where Jesus meets her and then he calls him out. And, and as you just said, he says, I am the one. He, his words do matter. And he said, listen, the pastor said today, listen to what his words say. He said, I who you are speaking to am he when, he, when she had this conversation with him. And the scriptures say, leaving her water jar after that encounter, after he called calls her out on her brokenness, not to condemn her, but to convict her, to have her own it so she can be transformed once she recognizes her need. And that's what we all do. Myself, Bree, who you're going to hear from, Shanine Gales with us today. We know that we have a need, so we go to people that hopefully have recognized their need because they're kind of at the end of the road. But all of us come in that camp. I was at that camp. I worked at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church for 11 years, and I had a critical encounter with Christ when I was there. <laughs> He'll meet us wherever we are. Um, and the name, again, comes out of the book of John where the woman goes back to her community, which is northeast of the well. She goes back to her community and says, come see about a man who told me everything I ever did could this be the Christ? And then it says many people come to believe, not just because of her testimony, but they come to see for themselves. And that's the heart of our ministry. We go to people, we bring the word of God. Basically, we go to people who are on the verge of trusting him forever. Um, and and uh, Rosie did a beautiful prayer this morning on Peter and John at the temple. And basically what they did is what we do. They go out in twos. Jesus sends us in twos. We don't do it alone. He sends us out and we go and we tell people, basically, we point people to Christ and he does the rest. We don't save people, but we're used by God. We are, we are called to him in order that we go out for him. See, we are, and then he goes with us. His, his power and authority goes with us. And as our gay who's with us. She's one of our head teaching pastors. She says, she reminds us when we go places, she said, you just walk in there like Jesus sent you. And that doesn't matter if we're going out on the streets of Figueroa, which we were out Friday night working with girls. I think they saw 57 girls that are prostituting on the street, being trafficked, or we go to those various programs, or we, we were blessed to come to this church. And real quickly, I'm going to pass it on to Shanine. This church partnership is extremely important. We have, you have been with us, Linda and the team have been with us since before COVID. A lot of people bailed during that time. Linda and her team bring us desserts, not a small thing. 
every on Thursday nights, and then we bring them to a program, and you're going to hear Bree, who was in that program when the desserts came her way. Prior to us coming here, we go to the Carl's Jr. on or in and out Burger on El Toro, and another church out of Laguna Woods brings us scripture cards. So we bring scripture cards, and we bring desserts, and then we head up the hill to Vera Sanctuary, which is in, in, in this area. Your church has supported us and financially supports us every month, and we are most grateful for that. We are extremely grateful for the church partnerships because we are not just Christ faith-based. We are Christ-saturated, We are, and we do not get a lot of support outside of people that believe in what we do and what we basically teaches and preaches is that Jesus is king, and we are at it for him. We go at it for him over and over, and we go to these programs, and we also go into the jails, and we meet people in their brokenness. So the heart of our ministry, again, is we bring Christ unashamedly, and we and every part of that helps what you do and the churches do. And then we also we believe in worship. And Pastor alluded to the worship again today. Worship is worship is important because of what Pastor said. Jesus said it, it's the only kind of worshipers he's going to be interested in are those that are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. And he says, for those are the only kind of worshipers that I'm going to be seeking. So we want to be invested in our own faith. And when we invest in our worship, it changes our heart. So we're a Christ-centered worshiping community, getting freed up of generational sin because the scriptures tell us that four and five years of generational sin, we see it over and over and over again. And, and, and unless we break that... Bree's broken it. I've broken it in my own life with my own addiction, my own sexual promiscuity. Shanine's broke it. We, have, we break it so we don't have to pass it on to our family. So Shanine's been with us for five or six years, came, out, came to us through the doors of Teen Challenge. And I'm real briefly want to share and then share what we do. Introduce her. You know, it's too bad that she doesn't have any enthusiasm. <laughs> you know, it's really... <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Laura, we're so glad that Thanks. you're here. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I just keep wanting to look over here. <laughs> Welcome back, Shanine. You, you were here you. a couple years ago. I think it was in the middle of COVID or something like that. And I don't um, think there was anyone in the room. Yeah. I think was, it was yeah. all online. <laughs> no, it was all online. Yeah, it was just us. That's yes. it. Um, so good morning, as uh, Pastor John said and Laura said, my name is Shanine, and I've been with Northeast Well five years, and I have been transformed through the power of Jesus Christ that Pastor John was talking about. Um, I come from a long life of brokenness, um, identity issues, insecurity, um, come from trauma with growing up with a mother who was an alcoholic and addicted to pills, and a dad who worked and made a living for us, but wasn't really present in my life. And so I just never really felt like I had any security growing up or any type of identity. And so a lot of the times what happens, um, I didn't, I grew up in church, but I had no idea about Jesus. Um, and so I had no identity anywhere. And so I looked for that in friendships and in people. And so my friends started using, so I started using, started using um, smoking marijuana and then um, began drinking at a young age in middle school and um, that became uncontrollable. And after um, a bad car accident when I turned 18, I got addicted to painkillers, which led to a six-year heroin addiction. And so I was broken, didn't want to live anymore, very depressed, tried to commit suicide. And it wasn't until my dad, um, thank God for him, even though I struggled with him as a young kid, but I knew he 
loved me and he got a program for me that Laura just referred to, which was called Teen Challenge, which is a one-year faith-based program for people with addiction. And so I went through the program, graduated, had an encounter with Jesus, and my life was transformed, never been back to drugs ever since. But it's not just about the drugs that Jesus transforms your life. It's not just about sobriety, um, but he wants to make you a whole new creation and change everything about you. And so after finishing Teen Challenge, I had an opportunity. One thing we do at Northeast of the Well is we bring on interns from programs, um, from Bible colleges. And so actually, Bree, who you're going to hear from, she's an intern currently in a program that we go to and bring Bible study to. But I got to do an internship with Northeast of the Well, and I think this goes back to what we do, is that I realized that when I went into Teen Challenge, I got Jesus all day, every day. And I didn't even know he was what I needed or expected, but what I loved about Northeast of the Well is that we get to go to people who would never be able to receive Jesus while they're in the program because the program's not taking them to church. Like Veer's Sanctuary, where you guys provide desserts, they don't get to go to church on a Sunday. They don't get to go to Bible study throughout the week. And so we get to go there and we get to bring Bible study to them. And then they also come to our Monday night gatherings. So we hold weekly gatherings three times a week and people come from the different programs and that's more of a community where they get to interact, we feed them dinner, um, we worship together and they get to hear a message from one of our pastors. Pastor Gail or Laura. And so it's just going deeper with them and forming a community because one thing I learned coming out of addiction is I didn't have a community. And I would have went back to the old boyfriends, the old friends, and ended up eventually using again, even though I didn't want to. That wasn't the plan. But if you don't have a healthy community to go back to, that's all you know because we're built for relationships. And so we still need to form relationships. So Northeast of the Well is a new community for people to be part of. And I know Bree, who you're going to hear from, we're now her new community. And I'm just going to speak for her real quick because um, one thing she said to us working with us, um, she comes into the office. She said, you guys don't cuss a lot in the office. And now I realize when I go back to the program, I don't cuss. I don't, I, now I say, what the heck? I don't say the other <laughs> word. And so it's forming a new community. And as she's forming a new community, she's being changed. Well, Bree, come on up and uh, share with us. Hi, good morning, church. So um, I grew up with an addict as a mother as well. So I was exposed to a lot at a young age. And when I became a teenager, I started getting in trouble myself because that was kind of all that I had been shown was, you know, um, that way of living. And so most of my teenage years were spent um, in juvenile halls and different programs. And um, when I was 16, I got pregnant with my first son. And um, we ended up in a homeless shelter when I was 18 years old. And I was there for several months um, when I met a man who told me that um, I could have a better life, I didn't have to live in a homeless shelter, I could make a lot of money, and um, I didn't know that I was about to step into some of the darkest years of my life. I ended up being trafficked in um, Los Angeles County, and that was my life for um, a few years. I had other children, and my addiction was getting worse. I was living that kind of lifestyle. I was being trafficked, so drugs kind of go hand in hand with that. And so um, I had children, and I lost them. And um, that was probably the worst pain um, that I've ever been through in my life was to know that I had kids and 
they weren't with me. Um, but God gave me another chance. Um, I have a two-year-old son named Jordan. And um, when I had him, he should have been taken from me. But God saw me, and he gave me another chance. So I went looking for more of God, and I walked into a church, and um, I had a radical encounter with Jesus Christ. And when I walked out of that church that day, um, all of a sudden the decisions that felt impossible to make were now possible. And I haven't used drugs. My youngest son has never seen me use any type of substance at all. Um, and I, so I've been sober over two years. And um, I met Northeast of the Well at Vera Sanctuary, which is right down the street. Thank you. Yeah, all glory to God. Um, so I met Northeast of the Well at Vera Sanctuary, which is right down the street. And um, this church brings desserts there. So thank you for that. If that's any of you guys, they're delicious. Um, and yeah, and so that's when Northeast of the Well came alongside of me. And, um, you know, the seed was planted that time that I walked into that church and um, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But what Northeast of the Well did was they came alongside of me and they started to water that seed that was planted and they gave me a community and um, they regularly come to Bible studies. They went to that one. They came to the one that I'm at now and I'm just like, I don't think there's a program in Orange County that Northeast of the Well doesn't go to for women and for men, you know? It's just amazing and I'm just so honored and privileged to be working with them and doing what they're doing because what's happening now is that God gave my pain a purpose because now I get to go out and, you know, raise scripture and just be a part of, you know, what, what Jesus calls us to do, you know, and, um, Bree, can you speak about just a couple weeks ago going out on Figueroa with the signs so you can give them some context to that? Yeah. So, um, when I was 18 years old, 19 years old, when I was being trafficked, um, one of the streets that I was on was Figueroa. And um, a couple weeks ago, um, I got to go out with Northeast and protest and um, just raise scripture and be there for the women is what we're doing. Because when you're out there, you feel very invisible. You feel like nobody cares about you. You feel like you're just you know, you're just lost in the darkness that's out there. And so it had been 10 years since I had been on that street. And I went out there and I got to um, not be out there for the same reason anymore. And I was worried and concerned that it was going to be like stuff was going to come up and I was going to feel like, but the truth is, is that I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. And so I wasn't the same person when I walked out on those streets and getting to be out there and support the women that are out there was just, it was so amazing. One of the things that we do as we go out on the street is, and we, we remind people that they're, they're, they're not forgotten, they're seen, that they're known by God and that they're loved. We went out Friday night and I think 57 girls were prayed for and we give out these bracelets, and they have a phone number on here that well, they can get out of the life. It's a, it's a phone number so they can call, and then we can get them placed in a place and get out of the life. Bree was fortunate to go through some chains, I don't know, through court or whatever, ended up at Vera's where Linda and your team support, support us and your church. Then she's in a program now called Prototypes in Tustin, and it's more longstanding, more she can be, learn about parenting and that. So our job is to just go out and 
give them the truth and remind them that they're not forgotten and that they're seen. And that's uh, one of the main things I think God wants us to do is, is remind us of that. So thank you. Well, thank you. And you know, we are very grateful to be a part of, of your ministry. And we're grateful for what you are doing. And that not all of us can be in those areas and those situations. And you're, you have been sent uh, by God. And uh, we're a part of that. And so friends, Take great joy that we are a part of a ministry that is bringing hope and transformation into the lives of people where it's very dark and, and full of despair, and yet God's light and brightness and hope fills our hearts, and we are a part of that. You are a part of that as a part of Tribuco Presbyterian Church. And so as a response to what God is doing, we respond with gratitude. And so I want to invite the ushers to come down and uh, we're going to take an offering and we're going to hear some music and also we're going to be blessed. Uh, members of the Northeast of the Well are going to be in the aisles and they're going to sing a song and we're going to receive a blessing. And so um, let me pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the ways you remind us of your transforming love and your activity in our lives. And so Lord, we respond with with gratitude, we respond with giving of our own time, talent, and financial resources. We are a part of your work, and we thank you, God. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen.